tired. So tired. Overtired. This episode is brought to you by Hymns. Stay tuned for more info. And welcome to Overtired. It's great to have you back. I'm here with Jeff Severance Gunsel and Christina Warren. Welcome back. It's been a couple weeks. Hello. Thank you. Hi, everybody. So we've been starting with gratitude, and I gotta say, like, I so starting with gratitude has meant that for the last two episodes, we haven't had the mental health corner. <laughs> and and honestly, without the mental health corner, I don't want to do the show anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think where we landed, I don't know if this was a complete chat in our in our thread, but I think where we landed was to switch it back, but just to somehow to put police a ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we're gonna like, we're gonna switch we don't, it back. We don't need forty five minutes for no. for a mental health corner. We we can keep that. We can keep it down to five minutes per person plus a little chat and get us down to like no more like, than half the show. We barely even get to Taylor Swift anymore. Right. Exactly. I know it's it's but the shame. whole world kind of overtook us, really. Honestly, they did, and now it's like not even funny to be like, oh, this is a Taylor Swift podcast because people are like, oh. Oh, really? Another one? And I'm like, you think it's good SEO, <laughs> right? And, and 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 it's like like trying to explain to people, it's like, no, it's actually not. That's sort of the joke, uh, because I tried to get us to change it to Cat Williams, but go ahead, sorry, Christina. <laughs> no, I mean, look, honestly, oh, okay. Have you guys seen? If we were going to switch it to something, if we were going to have a new hyperfixation, would it? It, it would be the who the fuck did I marry TikTok lady? Oh, who's that? It. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna have to explain this to you. Um, uh, we, we can do it after the say, health quarter. Yeah, because of your uh, understandable, exasperated. Oh my god, I have completely fucked my TikTok algorithm, which with like the people who do live feeds from oil rigs <laughs> and the like. There's some guys. There's some guys who are just cutting up lumber uh, every night live, and uh, as that and and now baby monkeys. That's my what, TikTok. Like, so. does, was this because of intentional decisions? How did you? Oh hell that? yeah! I God, I love TikTok, and I love how I can just be like, you know what? Right now, I'm really into oil rigs and and, and lumber, lumber mills. Yes. And okay. then sometimes I'm just into Cat Williams and uh, and let's see, like talking dogs, like, and, and you know what? I don't mind. TikTok knows me. Okay, sorry, I'll stop there, I, but. Christina, can you tell me now what this is? Because I'm always looking for yeah. leads. So so this is, uh, I'll be very brief on this, but and um, we'll have a link in the show notes to a Rolling Stone thing because this is the first thing I found SEO-wise that looked somewhat decent. There are full, if you want to watch the whole thing, you can watch it on her TikTok, but people have also uploaded it to YouTube, although she should have, so she can get some of the YouTube views. Um, and that way you can play it on full-time, uh, like, like, like 2X speed. But basically this woman, she goes by Risa M. Tisa, um, last week she started, or maybe she started it like uh, a little bit before that. I, I heard about it on like Monday and then it's, it's blown up since then. Basically she's put out a 50 plus and yes, I'm, I'm, this is accurate. 50 plus part series on TikTok called who, uh, TF did I marry? And basically talking about the, the, this pathological liar that she married and it's insane. It's like the most insane story. So this story is like six hours long. Wow. It's nuts. And in and, and, and the details, like all the things that are psychologically wrong with this man. Um, and, and I looked in our, I peeped our notes, like talking about abusive partners, Brett, like this guy, holy fucking shit. We're talking like making up relative deaths, making up relatives, fake phone calls to no one, fake bank accounts, pretending to buy a house when you don't actually have the money for said house, completely faking what career he had, having multiple side chicks, being previously married in ways he didn't say before, like literally like this man that she married lied about everything 
everything yeah. and then is lied his, about the is lie. Is his name George Santos? <laughs> I, <laughs> no. I had... But, but someone found I had a, him. I had a, Sorry, go on. I had a pathological well. liar girlfriend. And, like, it wasn't, like, honestly, uh, like, obviously it wasn't as involved as getting married to someone. Right. But in, in retrospect, I could not believe the stuff she lied about. Like, yeah. literally, her entire life was a fabrication. It's stuff that, what, like, you wouldn't, why why would you even lie about it? She just made shit up for the sake yes. of making shit up. Yeah, totally. Um, And and, and this, this guy, I think it's kind of a mix of those things. But anyway, the, the interesting thing is, like, she does take some responsibility. Because there's some stuff and you're like, all right, look, girl. Like, I get that, like, you, it was the pandemic and you were lonely and, like, you wanted to, to have a baby and and all kinds of shit. Um, uh, but, uh, side note, he, she had a miscarriage, but then he told like the few family members he was talking to because most of them cut him off um that that she had the baby and that then when they were getting divorced he was going to be fighting her for custody even though oh God. like like wow. like nuts right so this, this whole thing is fucking crazy so um uh, it's basically you guys know that zola remember the zola twitter thread right no no okay it's tur- it we're was a movie we're so not hip it's called no. x no <laughs> Well, it, it, true, but but this was back when it was very much Twitter, and it was even turned into an A twenty four film. So, oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, basically, is this um this stripper who like this that she met like this 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 white girl at Hooters, who then like took her basically on like a, a trap trip, um, uh, with a bunch of uh, Johns, and like a bunch of shit went down. It's like the most insane. It's it, it's this famous viral tweet that turned into a movie. Anyway, this is like Zola, but without the sex work. Um, okay. But, but it's that sort of like viral thing where like everybody's watching this fucking um, – the interesting thing here from like a social perspective is you have millions and millions of views on this per installment. So she's got 50 plus installments. Millions of people are watching this thing. Um, it, it's you know obviously not on your TikToks, but it, it's on mine and it's on basically everybody I knows. And um, – then people, of course, as they do, can't not be fucking weirdos online. So even though she was very clear about the fact that she was like, I don't want to like uncover the real people behind this. Of course, that's the very first thing the Internet's going to do. And then be very proud of themselves when you have like women being like, oh, we're outing abusers. And this is Legion, who is is, is what she'd call the guy. His name is Jerome. He's now putting his own responses on TikTok because, of course, oh he is. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the, the, like, also, she's from Atlanta, and, and so she goes into ridiculous amounts of detail about some of the things. So, like, the first thing she said, she was like, oh, yeah, you know, our first date was at the Cheesecake Factory at Perimeter Mall. And I'm like, I fucking worked at Perimeter Mall. I've been to that Cheesecake Factory. Perimeter Mall? That's quite a name. Perimeter, yeah. Um, oh, Perimeter, sorry. Yeah, okay, Perimeter, got it, got it. sorry. I, I didn't enunciate well enough. Um but I'm like, I worked at that mall. I worked at the Abercrombie at that mall. I worked at the best nice. mall across the street from that mall. Like, oh man, how when, have we not talked about this? Do, do they, when the the rent a cops at the mall go out on patrol, do they say, I'm going to secure the perimeter? <laughs> oh my God. This is a rich mall. So, like, the rent a cops are very, very laid back. <laughs> have I ever told you all this story? Segways? Of... They Ooh, did back nice. in the day. <laughs> Have I ever told the story in this podcast of when I was uh, arrested by, uh, thanks to a secret shopper uh, for shoplifting? No. Mm. I, feel, I finally no, some shoplifting stories. And where, and where did you shoplift from? Was it, it was a grocery shack? store. It was a grocery store in Minot, North Dakota. I, you know, we could put it on the topic list for later. I finally told, now both <laughs> of my boys know, so I feel like I can tell it on a podcast. 
Maybe you told this story to me over tacos last time I was in Minneapolis. I think that's likely. You. I don't think I would have told it on the podcast. Yeah, but I was I'm ready. Say, it doesn't have to be. Well, this could be a teaser for the next episode. Be a it doesn't have to be in this one. It doesn't have to be this one. No, but I need to know about this. Uh, so it's I mean, I, I, I never, I've never shoplifted. Um, the, that's the one thing I've never done. I've never shoplifted. Um, I've stole. I've you know like stolen plenty of things from from digital. You wouldn't download a car. Oh, but I would. Um, but like, you know, I would, I would definitely download a virtual car. Um, but I've never shoplifted, not because I even am that opposed to it. I mean, I am, but like, I'm not like, I, I, I'm, I'm indifferent is what I should say. If it's not my store, I'm going to be completely selfish. I kind of don't care, but, um, uh, you know, you shouldn't steal from mom and pops or whatever. Like I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm indifferent is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but <laughs> and I, never... I, I want to be clear. The last time I shoplifted was this story, and it was in uh, 1998. So be clear for the record. Any, no, yeah. any perspective, you know, employers, employers, <laughs> it's over. The, the, the statute of limitations actually does apply here. No, I'm just saying, like for me, it wasn't like a moral reason why I never shoplifted. I just knew that I would get caught. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I I was always getting in trouble for shit other people did. I didn't need to tempt fate. Right. Um, and, and I never, I never really got like a rush out of shoplifting. Like I tried it and it like other people would like do it for the thrill of it. Yeah. Um, do you guys remember a little craze called wahooing? Oh, uh, remind me. I mean, I think, I think I'm familiar. You, you big, you bring something sizable up to the checkout at the counter. (laughs) And when they ring it up, you just yell wahoo and you run out of the store. Okay. To to me, that was a little more interesting than trying to like hide things in a trench coat. (laughs) Totally. Um, And half half the time, shoplifted a trench coat. (laughs) Half the time, half the time we would go back and and just pay for it because it wasn't about like, we couldn't afford bread, so we were shoplifting to feed our families. We were just, you know, teenagers. No, you just be, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I never did that. And I never dined and dashed, although we did do a thing once when I was 16 where we wanted to see how many restaurants we could, we could get kicked out of in 24 hours by, like, starting <laughs> fake fights in, like, Denny's and wow. IHOP. And um, yeah. and it's, it's really hard to get kicked out of an IHOP. I was um, going to say. <laughs> Waffle House too. Well, we didn't even try at Waffle House. Waffle House, we we would know better than trying there because they're not like just yelling at one another. Like, also, they're like, what? There's well, a fight. The well, the wait staff would just knife you. They would. And the thing is, too, is that you respect the Waffle House like staff. Like, I respected them you a better lot. Respect the Waffle and House. And you staff. you fucking should for fucking real. And they're like, basically frontline workers. I mean, honestly, yeah, um, exactly. One of my exactly. favorite Waffle House uh, uh, waitresses. She was also a stripper at like the strip club that was nearby, but she had a temper, really hot girl. And so they would like, she would lose her job as a stripper and then she'd come back to Waffle House. And then Waffle House like blacklisted her a few times, but this is before their computer systems could really do that. So she just lied about who she was and she'd go to a different store. But she'd also been blacklisted by IHOP, I think. And um, and her boyfriend was a drug dealer and had all kinds of really expensive um, sound equipment. And she and I used to talk about like high-end stereo equipment all the time. Which is a weird thing to do when you're drunk at four o'clock in the morning, um, but Not if like, you're a dude. <laughs> I mean, if you're two hot girls, though, it kind of is. Um, but anyway, not to be highly gendered, but I'm just speaking from my lived experience. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that, 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 that's a tangent. But yeah, but yeah, um, I I never I never did wahooing, but we did try. We would try to like get kicked out of restaurants. 
um, oh, because that would yeah. that was just funny. That sounds stressful as hell to me. Like I, <laughs> everything I did wrong, I did quietly. When really the only thing I did like technically wrong was shoplifting, and then immediately after I stopped that, I started going illegally to Iraq. It was just like I had to be breaking <laughs> the law somehow. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, which is impressive. You go from like 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 stealing something from a grocery store, which we got to talk about this on another episode. We, I, I need yes. to like dig into the psychology here to then sneaking into another country like wow <laughs> like the, just the levels there i'm like i'm stealing some gum to i'm literally breaking like i'm literally crossing the the, the border into a country that I'm, I'm not supposed to be in with with medical supplies that i'm smuggling <laughs> right. in because it's illegal for americans to be there this is for anyone who's wondering this is pre-war this is during the sanctions it wasn't illegal for americans to be there once there were what right well, once the war was there then it's like oh no come on over uh, uh yeah, want a gun? No, once a, want what's some weapons? illegal about abu Ghraib? no it's fine come on in it's fine come on in we'll do it but yeah before that the sanctions yeah <laughs> yes anyway okay we'll we'll pin that um it is i will just uh, say as a, a added teaser um this this mostly happened on tour because when you're on tour you you feel it's like deadwood there's no no law at all and uh and my brother and i both had this this tendency we'll call it and my brother had a great story which i'll share but that i recently had drafted up by dolly um <laughs> and and i'm trying to draft up other stories from being on tour which i mentioned when merlin was on but that was one and it's i'll, I'll talk about that when we that'll be the show art when we go awesome all right so maybe my brother should be our guest because he and i were the shoplifters together (laughs) i was telling you guys about some weird dreams i had and it would be amazing to get dolly to illustrate those i've been doing it i've been doing it with my weird dreams i've been doing it with my weird dreams i love it should we do a mental health yes let's do it okay um who wants to start Uh, i don't mind starting yeah go for it okay uh, first, I'm just going to say, I have a giant thing of water. Mm. Huge. Hear that? And Woosh. and this is part of taking care of it's myself. bigger than I'm, its head. I'm working outside today. I'm building a little loft storage in my in my garage. And and when I'm working outside, I my kids call this aqua chungus. It's a half gallon uh, water bottle. And I'm going to be drinking from it to stay hydrated in this podcast. And every time you hear it, you know I'm taking care of my mental health uh, because that's really aqua important. Chungus. Here I go. Mm. Drink, 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 drink. Drink, drink. Uh, yeah, okay. And this also, Aquachungus has a, a hook on it for some reason. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with that. I think that, I my think belt. That, I, I maybe it's supposed to be able to like hang on to Just, like a, I don't know, like like a yeah. boat or something. I don't know, like a car. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, for for those listening, it's not so much a hook as it is an anchor with like two prongs on. Yeah, the side. I think that this could be a whole new thing we do on this podcast, which is describe not describe. interesting objects that nobody can see. Have you <laughs> oh, ever, I like that. Have you have you ever seen described porn? <laughs> no, they they make they make these these like Pornhub has them for visually impaired people. Okay, where okay. like you can hear the soundtrack and like if you are if you are visually abled, you can see it. But there's this like soothing voice over the top of it that describes the, the in explicit detail exactly what is happening in every scene. I find it very humorous. That's interesting. That's interesting. A 10-inch thick cock yeah, is, punching, exactly. is punching its way into a tight – yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, that, that's – that's interesting. No, is it is it done like seriously, or is this like is this actually an accessibility thing? No, that you're it's, doing? yeah, it's an okay. accessibility thing. For um, sure. no, I mean, well, the reason I was asking is because I, one of the things I have appreciated about Pornhub over the years 
is that um, even though they're very thirsty and very aggressive to try to make you write about every stupid little um, like publicity stunt they do, or at least they, they did back in the day, I don't know if that's true anymore, um, would be that they did have some pretty funny publicity stunts. So yeah. I could see that that being as like a thing where they're like, oh yeah, we're going to release this as a feature and do a you know press release about it, mm-hmm. but then also maybe actually still have it as like a true accessibility thing too, which not going to lie, like there, there's a market for it. You know? I mean, people read V.C. Andrews books. Uh, no fucking oh, fanfic is incredibly popular, and not not to mention like like the 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 most read like novels, like the the books that people sell that make the most money are the fucking smutty ass like weird like mm-hmm. dragon like romance shit aimed at women. Yeah, yeah. That's like okay. I will do my mental health check in, but you made me think of this. Go ahead, Brett. I, you have something. I just want to point out that this is why our mental health sections go for 45 minutes because <laughs> because half the podcast is like embedded in well, the mental health. Fair, fair enough. Totally. It, 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 totally. <laughs> I, I will say at this point, we can we can very clearly si- siphon this off. And I was like, this is opening banter. And yes. then we can yeah, go that's into that's right. That's right. Know. That's right. Uh, all I've really done is water so far. So I'm just going to quick <laughs> say this. You know, I've, I've been obsessed all year with The Godfather. I rewatched it. I, I watched the um, the the series, the, the limited series, the offer about bringing it to screen. Um, and I'm now reading a book that's just kind of a culmination of all of other sort of books and reporting of the making of The Godfather. What I never realized, I knew Mario Puzo's book was like at the time was selling more copies than the Bible. Yeah, I didn't realize how completely inane and insane the sex scenes are in that book oh, they because are. there's excerpts of them it, no, and i was just a, like a, oh a, i see why it was the biggest selling book and it wasn't because oh, totally. it was the mob no no there's this whole thing about like 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 uh the woman that that, uh, that sunny fucks at the wedding um uh, is yeah, uh yeah, it, yeah. like ha- has like a really big pussy like and and, and that's why yes, like, like that, it, it, yes. it's, been, it's been difficult for other men like to be able to yes, like fill her well yes. and that's why like she has God. to like, oh, like, like fuck. this is described uh, porn okay i know i i i so so um, I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt you. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll talk about this after our mental health corner thing, Jeff. But I do want to pick up on your Godfather accept, um, um, obsession okay. after this because I want to know what yeah. book you're reading because uh, I've thoughts. But anyway, sorry. Go on. I do, I do think our show title is described porn. <laughs> I, I, yes. <laughs> Sponsored by Hymns. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So um, my my mental health corner topic is like this has been true of me for a while but i've been i've been experiencing it again there's a there's a tendency in my friends most of them um most of them are men identify as men a couple of them are women identify as women and it fucking makes me crazy and it's so i'm gonna say it and then i'm gonna ask you a question i can't stand it when somebody tells me in the context of our friendship something that's going on with them that's really hard especially when there's someone who maybe doesn't even share that stuff that often and now here they are right they're telling you about something that's happened to them something that's happening inside them whatever it's very 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 hard and and you say the thing that you say which is like i'm really sorry this is happening to you or you say whatever it is you say that's like an empathy thing uh, and and what they say back is i mean it's okay <laughs> right <laughs> which I find to be, I understand why it happens. I'm not even, I'm not judging it, right? But the older I get and uh, the older I get, the more frustrated I am with it because, and I realized it's not because I care about them. (laughs) It's because as a friend, I'm, I'm walled out right there. Right. Like you've yep. told me this stuff and now you go, it's fine. Like, and I mean, I don't mean like that happens sometimes. Sometimes it is fine. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not saying every time that happens, this is triggers this thing in me, but I've found that like, it's, it's, 
it's really hard to feel uh, feel the connection that I felt when I was talking to them. If when you acknowledge or reflect that thing back in a way that is totally normal inside your friendship, it's not, you know, I'm not like, it, it's, it doesn't feel like I'm doing that part wrong. Um, and then it's just, ah, it's, okay, it's okay. Is this a Midwest thing, do you think? No. I mean, no. so I, no. I mean, I have a friend. It's I a was Protestant just, thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, I mean, I've had it from people all over the world that are my friends. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, I, I was curious, I was curious for both of you. Um, I know that for me, it, it is hard to hear someone say back to me after I've told them something hard, like that sounds really, that sucks. sounds really hard. Like I, I understand that that can be a weird thing to receive sometimes, but I think my typical response is like, yeah, shit. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it exactly. It That's mine too. Is um, like, yeah, it is. And Christina, yeah. what about you? Well, it varies because I mean, I think that it'd be more healthy if I said thank you or it does. But I think a lot of times my instinctual response is not to be like, it is honestly like, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, it, it, That's and different, I, and, I think. Right. And, and, and to me, like, I think that, that it, it isn't so much because I'm like, oh, I don't want to let you in. Um, because the fact that I'm sharing it with you at all means that I've let you in. It just yeah. means that I'm at least the way I intended and maybe it doesn't come across this way. Um, so I, I agree. I think like the way that you two respond is better, but I think the reason I, I'm like, yeah, it's whatever it, 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 it it's fine. It, it's, it's whatever, whatever is, is because I'm kind of like, I've shared this with you, but I'm not necessarily in a place where I know that I can solve this or I can do anything about it. So you know, I'm it is super it is. interested. I'm super interested in this because I, I, I'm thinking about you're causing me to think about things I hadn't thought. So that doesn't trigger me in the same way because I here's how I hear that, and I, I want to see if this is partly how you feel like you mean it when you say it. How I hear that is like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Fuck, it's you know, like it's just like it's to me that's a version of saying, yeah, it fucking sucks, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's the thing. It's not when someone does the like, it's okay. Literally, those words seem to be the pathological thing, whether your first language is is English or not. It's my experience. And for me, it's not that I want more, right? It's not like, um, no, don't cut me off. It's kind of like, it's just like a hard landing. It's like, wait, yeah. what happened? <laughs> yeah, no, but I, th I, th I think you're right. I mean, I think sometimes though, there's a weird thing too, where I think, and, and you're, you are, I think probably right. And to pick up on this and, and right to have feelings about it, which is sometimes I think we can share things with people and we can be perceptive, you know, it, and we can be like that vulnerable to do it, but we are then not vulnerable enough to continue to open up to it. So it's like, oh, I, can totally. this I can share totally. this with you, I can share this with you, but I don't want to have a conversation about this, right? Like I totally. can say, and, and that happens sometimes where I'm like, I'm going to share this with you, but you know what? I do not want to talk any further about yep. it. I don't want to hear you even like, it's great for you to say, oh, I'm so sorry about that. But if you want to talk more in depth, because people always like, oh, well, you know, I'm here for you if you want to talk. And a lot of times I'm like, I appreciate that. I really don't, you know, or, yeah. or I, or yeah. like, like I, I, it's been enough for me. Like I've, I've exalted my vulnerability for the day by been telling you this thing. I, totally. I'm not yeah. yet in a place where I can go beyond yeah. that. Yeah. Now that you say it like that, I realize what I often do is I will like, you know, me, I, I share everything with everybody. Um, and I'll share something really vulnerable and they will react the way Jeff does. Like that really sucks for you. I'm sorry. And I will say, it sucks to be you. <laughs> no, I I will say 
I, I will say, yeah, thank you. It does suck. And then immediately change the subject. Mm. Like I don't Same. generally, Same. I don't generally want to go into depth about everything that is the, the, all the things I wear on my sleeve. Same. Like I don't mind the acknowledgement, but I'm not looking for an in-depth conversation most of the time. I right. so relate to that. And I, to Christina's point, I will sometimes say, this probably happens more in writing if I'm like texting with a friend. I will sometimes say like, look, I don't need a response to this, but I just need to share this because let's be honest the worst way to respond when you have shared something with somebody is for that person to then go down any of the roads that are like solutioneering or like, you know, whatever, like, I don't want that shit. And I, I and like, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to present what I'm saying as like something I think is right or true, but I will say, I will say that in fairness, I will choose not to share something more often than not. So I'm not, you know, like if I, if I have kind of talked and someone says, shit, I'm sorry, that sucks. It's like, I, I actually really needed to hear exactly that. And I don't want any more than that. You know, my, uh, my partner L is a problem solver. Yeah. Like their, yeah. their instinct, as soon as they hear something's wrong, they look for solutions. Mm-hmm. And that is so often not what I need. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can make that mistake sometimes too. And I think I've gotten better with it, but it depends on the person. And I know that can annoy people. My mom is like that. My mom is a problem solver, but she does know enough. And like, you know, she's a counselor. So she doesn't do that like with people that she's just listening to, to talk. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think that she became a counselor is because she's very good at that naturally. Um, but with like me and my sister and my dad, like, you know, because she wants to help so badly, she immediately goes into the, okay, well, how can we fix this mode? And I, I would have to oftentimes like tell her as a kid um, or, you know, teenager, or sometimes even as an adult, although she's a lot better at as an as adults we're much more communicative where i'm like no i actually just need you to like be my mom and just listen like i don't i don't want any you know advice um yeah because i i know probably what i need to do or what my options are uh i don't want to go down that road right now because that's what's stressing me out you know like i think for a lot of people and it misses what I think is true about being human, which is that for the hardest things, what you need is to be able to describe them and say them out loud. And then you, uh, you something in you starts to work on that a little bit. There's something about having said it that isn't always going to be the solution, but it's like, I think when people go straight into solutions, which I've certainly been guilty of, I think it, it forgets the importance of just saying something out loud and what that does for a person. I mean, hence therapy, right? <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes you need, you do need your therapist to talk back, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I've just been thinking about that because I've run into it a couple of times. And again, like I say, like so I'm 49 now, um, a, a lot of the friendships I'm talking about where this happens are very old friendships, right? Where I know the arc of their lives. I know, I know what it looks like when things are really bad or really hard. I know when it's not okay. And, and we're close enough that it, it, it would be, it, some of us have talked about it to a really great effect where it's fine to just you don't have to say anything back. If I, if I just register that I'm hearing you, but not, I don't do it. I like the thing. I don't do an overwrought or, you know, and if anything, I understate it by saying like the fucking sucks. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> like, uh, but uh, I've found that in a lot of older relationships, that's where it can be hard. But I mean, how I deal with that actually is just to be like, it's not okay. You just spent uh, 20 minutes talking to you about something that's totally not okay. We don't talk about it anymore, but I'm just going to be the one that says it's not okay. Yeah. And yeah. I get why you're saying let's move on. Like that is how I handle it, to be clear. Like I don't, um, I don't just uh, seethe. <laughs> All right. That's my, that's my bit. All right. Drink, 
drink. Um, I'll I'll go next. I'll, I will I will effort to keep it short. Um, I have had insomnia for a couple months now. Um, I for a long time was sleeping every other night, um, but then like on the off nights, I would wake up around twelve or one and then just be awake uh, for the rest of the night. So I was functioning on three to four hours of sleep max. Um, every other night and it was really dragging me down. So I talked to my psychiatrist. We've gone through a couple meds. The first ones actually made it worse. Um, I can't remember the name of what I just started last night, but it was the first night I slept in the last six days and I'm not manic just to be clear. Like I'm not, none of the other symptoms are there other than sleeplessness. I just, for some reason, have stopped sleeping. I think it might be circadian rhythms as the days get longer. I think my mm. system might just be off. Um, so I'm using like a, a full spectrum light in the mornings to try to like shake this. But anyway, um, second point, I had my first actual IFS session on Tuesday. Um, internal family systems. Internal family systems. It was It was very interesting. Like as we've talked about, I'm a little skeptical um, of the entire process, but also have read enough that I think it would be very beneficial to me. Um, and immediately, like I discovered, uh, parts of me that I had no idea were there and made a lot of sense. Um, and Ellis convinced that some of the weird dreams I had last night were a result of beginning IFS therapy. Oh, um, interesting. And the last thing I'll say actually relates to uh, something Jeff was talking about. Um, a, a girl that I dated briefly in college and haven't talked to in 20 years has recently gotten in touch with me. Um, and like she got in touch with me before this shit went down. But the guy that she was hanging. Okay. She said they're not dating, but they hang out every day and they, they make out. And uh, like, this is what I piece together is much like when we were together in college, she doesn't want a boyfriend, um, but she'll like do all the things that a partner does. Um, and uh, then all of a sudden she texts me that he's in treatment, uh, that they forced him into treatment. And I had no inkling of this before. Um, but he tested positive for like every drug known to man. He broke out of treatment. He broke into her house. Um, he's being scary as hell. Um, she sends me videos that he sends her where he is like crazed and manic. And um, it is it is terrifying. And I don't I'm two hours away from her. I don't know how to respond other than to say, I'm really sorry you're going through this. Here are the just shelters near you if you need That's if you perfect. need a safe place to go. Um, and she doesn't shut me down. Like she seems grateful that she has um someone to share all this with because like his entire family is being terrorized right now and they can commiserate, but they can't take a calm external look at it. Um, and so that has been uh, honestly, it has adds, added some interest to my otherwise very stable life. Um, but I I have a lot of I'm really worried about how this ends and and what happens next. So, yeah, 
how did you end up back in touch? She texted like we have been friends on Facebook for 20 years and we've never uh, said a word yeah. to each other directly. Um, and then she texted me. I can't remember how she got my number. But yeah, she just kind of texted me out of the blue. How you doing? <laughs> and then she kept promising we were going to FaceTime sometime and then always flaked on it, um, which is okay. Um, but yeah, like she she owns a restaurant and is as for, like for all intents and purposes seems to be doing well. But she got she got in with a, a scary guy. And honestly, the guy that we're talking about is the guy who did all my tattoos. He used to be a roommate of mine. Um, like they oh, were never... interesting. So this is a dual connection. And yeah, case. they were, yeah. they were, those two were not friends back then, but they have connected. So they were like, part, you then. are all part of the same circle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I liked the guy, uh, he was, he was passionate and, um, and, very good looking, like did some modeling and like he was an interesting person to be around, but we were definitely junkies together. Yeah. Um, we, we definitely went through all of the stages of junkiedom together. Uh, so I know, I know what he's like high to. And uh-huh. that's, that's pretty scary. Yeah. And I also like, I really think he's bipolar. Like you can be whacked out on a bunch of drugs without acting the way he's acting and you can be manic and act that way without any drugs but right right you combine the drugs with mania and that that describes what i'm seeing from him that's hard i think he's i think he's fueling mania with drugs Mm. which which is really i mean i mean that's the worst i mean I, i i dated someone who um when he went off of his medication and then started abusing cocaine, like it was a real problem. Um, and, and basically that ended our relationship, um, because he was bipolar before and, and dealt with it and and whatnot. But then when it was the, okay, I'm going to go purposely go off my medication and I'm going to start like using cocaine excessively and whatnot. I was like, okay, this is not a, a safe or a good, you know, environment for me to be in. I'm done. Um, especially when I, you're like 22, like, it's just, it, you can't do that. Um, and you're right. Like that's, that's just like, like another level nightmare to have, you know, like the combination, if, if what you're saying is right. Right. Cause it's like either of those things on their own can be really bad, but together it's a really dangerous combination for everybody involved. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, yeah. I will, I will end mine there so we can c- try to contain our mental health, uh, uh, corner. Um, <laughs> so Christina, your turn. I've been ADHD as fuck. Um, I've been having a really hard time focusing and concentrating. I've mentioned that before, and it's it, it's still a problem. So I'm I'm trying to kind of I don't know see if I can like workshop some other solutions, try to do some other things. But this has like been worse than it's ever mm. been in my life. Where mm. um, if I can kind of force myself into a mode where I'm actively working on something, it's fine. But if I'm not actively like forcing myself, like I'm right now on the podcast. Although while I'm recording with you two, I'm listening to you talk, but I'm also like looking up a bunch of other random stuff in the background and, and like multitasking and, and I am engaged and I am listening and, um, and whatnot, but it, but I'm, you know, my brain is, is doing a bunch of other things. So I don't know what this means. I don't really know what to do about it, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I assume no medication changes. This is just no. uh this is just yeah, I mean I'm a still a balance like, change. Yeah, this is just exactly and, and it's one of those things that like, you know, I have been off of antidepressants now completely for a couple of months now. And I don't know if that's had any sort of impact or not. I mean, I have to say anecdotally, it does feel like it's gotten worse. But at the same time, I don't really, you know, like uh, the antidepressants weren't working. So yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think that there are probably, I'm yeah. probably going to need to do some, some uh, CBT um, stuff to try to maybe get into a better mindset of some things I can do to maybe rewire myself to like not solve the ADHD because I, I don't believe like that, that CBT can do that, but some things that I can do to like force myself into better habits yeah, so yeah. that I can then get into a better place. Because I think what tends to happen, at least for me, is that things can become rote and you can become like, you can allow yourself to get away with, you know, giving into the ADHD and then get kind of like off schedule, off track. And I'm just trying to get myself to that place where I'm, you know, I'm honestly like trying to like scream at myself and be like, get your shit together. Like yeah. do the hard just thing. trying to be a normal person. Right, right. Like get your shit together, do these things. It's not like everything's going to be okay magically. And it's not like, you know, you're going to immediately not struggle with this stuff, but you're going to have to, like, I'm just trying to get, get myself to that point where I can get the lethargy out and actually like mm -hmm. force myself into being like, no, actually this is not okay. And and we need to do things to fix this because medicine alone is like, I think at this point, I don't think it's a medicine thing. It's well, like the thing that medicine can solve, it's like my brain is broken. It's a biochemical thing. But I also think that there are probably some like behavioral things that I need to mm. change. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's what I found, too. I found like medication can get me to a certain point. Um, but once I started therapy just about a year ago, um, I began developing like actual like life skills. Yeah. That I didn't have uh, for like specific, not general life skills, but specifically for dealing with things like bipolar and ADHD. And while I will always say, take your meds, like always don't don't be scared of medication for any of the reasons that people give you. But uh, there is a behavioral component to all of it. And I don't know anybody who's I do. OK, I know some people. I don't know many neurodivergent people that are single diagnosis. Um, so when you start treating multiple disorders with medication, it becomes a tightrope walk. Like you're talking about maybe stopping antidepressants, change your change the way your ADHD presents itself. Um, and it's it's such a tightrope walk when you have multiple diagnoses. It's a tightrope walk where you're always doing that tightrope walker thing where you're like one leg's on and you're going, uh -huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, you make a good point. I don't know how many people, I mean, I know that there are people who could have like, you know, single diagnosis and I'm not trying to limit that because obviously they're all part of our neurodivergent family or whatnot. But yeah, I think most, it, it's, it's weird because it's like, it's like for me, it's like anxiety, depression, ADHD. Um, some people are, uh, you know, bipolar or some people, you know, like, uh, ASD or like other things. And, um, but, you know, OCD, I definitely had OCD as a kid. I don't anymore the same degree but like i was definitely like not like to the point where you know it, it interfered with my day-to-day -day life but i was definitely ocd um as a kid but it's i think you're right like very rarely do any of these um diagnoses like fit one box most people are multiple and to your point like that then that's what that's what complicates treating stuff i think especially with people who don't have access to 
um, good care or, or care that even gives a damn. Because like if you go to a GP, they're going to give you one drug to try to solve this well, thing without because- any... Because it also makes it really hard to diagnose. Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of ASD people start off being diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Right. Uh, but those are actually symptoms of autism. Um I mean, in I, their case. In their case. So I, like I, I think so they get too, treated incorrectly. Right. Yeah. I, I think I think one of the things with autism too, though, to be fair, is that over the last like 10 years, the definition, even as like from, from doctors, not even talking about the community, uh, which is a whole separate thing, but the, the definition from doctors has expanded quite differently than where it was even before a decade ago. So you're right. But I think that like it, you know, I think I, I sometimes see people who are like, oh, why wasn't I diagnosed with this 20 years ago? And I was like, sure. Because the, the diagnose, the diagnostic, you know, that the, the diagnostic, you know, criteria was different then. Um, but yeah, uh, for, for, for sure. Like when I was a kid, like depression was the most active thing that I could pick up on from the commercials for the mental health treatment facility, (laughs) which is how I diagnosed myself. But anxiety has always been like the driving thing really. And so, you know, but, but for me, the thing that I was able to like identify with as a symptom was like, oh, I'm depressed. Right. So I, very immediately diagnosed with depression. And then very, very soon after that was like, oh, you also have anxiety disorders. Like, huh? Shocker. Okay, cool. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oy. That tight, that tight rope walk fucking sucks. Well, I will just say one, just, and maybe this isn't closing. Maybe not. Is that like Christina, what you were describing where it's like, I'm off the depression meds. I I heard you kind of essentially saying like, I don't feel like fucking with medications right now. Like this yeah. is, and, and like that, I, I only started taking medications in 2000. And the thing that's the, the, the phases that are the hardest for me is when, and it usually is in my case, this, I'm not at all putting this to you in my case. It often is like, I'm really bad at doing the behavioral stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like putting that aside, cause that's just hard. Um, I find that when, when something is act, when some aspect of me that I, I think I'm adequately medicating or, 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 you know, dealing with the therapy, whatever acts up, it's a kind of a hopeless feeling for a minute, uh, yes. because I don't want to go down the medication road, but like, I've learned a lot about how the medication can help me. But I also learned <laughs> if I go down that road, then maybe it gets a little worse at first or whatever. Yeah. That's just a terrible feeling. No, it is. I mean, especially coming off of like the last six months that I had, um, yeah. with like, I'm, I'm not in a place where I can, right? Like if I do, right. um, if I, if I were to go, if, like if I were to reestablish like a, a medication regimen again, and it's possible that I might have to do that. I know that I will have to like take a leave of absence from work. It will have mm. to be one of those scenarios. Like I, I will, I will not be able to go into, like if I were to try ketamine therapy, even like, you know, stuff like which I would like to do at some point, like I will, it will have to be under the circumstances where I'm not trying to do what I did before. And so unfortunately, what that means for me is that I'm going to have to wait until it reaches kind of a critical point or a more, mm. not, not, not critical, critical, but a more critical point, because I don't feel like I have the luxury or the ability to be like, oh yeah, let's just experiment with meds right now. Right. Like, yeah. I know that, that when, and, and there will become a time for me to have to do that, that I will have to have, um, supports set up 
and 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 systems set up in my life so that I can focus just on that. Um, and that's just that's not an option right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, does this where I go? Oh, fuck, it sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and you and, go, and, yeah, it's fine, whatever. And, and I'm like, no, yeah, it does. Honestly, that's just all I say is, yeah, it, it does. But I will just was- say on the upside, on the upside, like nothing's critical. I'm just really ADHD right now, but I'm not like I don't want to actively harm myself, and I I don't like. Yeah, it's not like you know better than being horribly depressed correct uh, i was gonna say like it's better than six months ago when i was like don't really want to be alive you know so it's yeah, better than that it's better maybe so, for our, our show notes getting back to something you said earlier maybe for our show notes we just we just publish our search history during the recording of the episode <laughs> i feel yeah. like it would both hit the show notes and how much we're just like thinking about 80 no totally i was gonna be which ironically that was sort of like the original kind of genesis of the the show Brett and I was like we'd go down like these you know wiki k holes of of <laughs> things where we talk about one thing and then go to the next and then go to the next and then go to the next I mean yeah. that's kind of the yes. almost, kind of almost the show. as if we're both ADHD <laughs> what? speaking of speaking of saying that sucks and then immediately changing the subject let's yeah. do it this episode is brought to you by hymns hey men sometimes it can feel like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. But with so much going on, we don't want to spend our free time waiting around in doctor's offices and long pharmacy lines. Now you don't have to with Hims. Hims is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you can get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Hims offers an array of high-quality options, including pills or chews for ED and serums, sprays, or oral options for hair loss. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free in discreet packaging. No waiting rooms and no pharmacy visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. You can even manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash overtired. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash overtired for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash overtired. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash overtired for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Oh my God, I nailed that. That was one take, no edits. Hell fucking yeah. Let's go. Let's go him. You shouldn't even you shouldn't even edit that part out. That's a good celebration. I, I'm not gonna. I should podcast sober more often. <laughs> Honestly though that was so fun. <laughs> oh my um, God. So can I okay, I I I just wanna I came up sorry I'm fucking with my microphone. Um I came up with a new term. Tell me if it's original. Um, I was looking for a Shopify plugin for a friend for a, a consult, and I found one that honestly seemed to be exactly what we needed. But when I went into the reviews, like there were these pages that were like top 10 plugins for this thing. And then you look and it's hosted by the people who made the plugin I was looking at. And it's kind of it's it's black hat SEO. But I want to call it slutty SEO. <laughs> like it just like that term came to me when I was trying to describe to them 
why I had hesitations about this. I was mm-hmm. like, they have really, it's just kind of slutty SEO. Um, so I think I'm going to make that a thing. I like that. I, I probably would have, and it's, it's so interesting. Like, and I liked, I like your, um, characterization of it as slutty, but like, I probably would have described it as like, oh yeah, that's just kind of like scummy, whatever, yeah. you know, SEO t- uh, uh, tactics. Yeah, but, that's, but I, that's fair. That's probably less offensive to women who get called sluts all the time. Well, see, but this is, but I would ha- never call a woman a slut, but, but see, but I, was I would say, call SEO slutty. Right. But that's what I'm saying. I was going to say, but I kind of like the, the, like, I kind of like the slut shaming aspect of, of <laughs> right, it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because on the one, a, I think that it like at this point, uh, for a lot of people, slut has kind of been reclaimed, which is excellent. Um, and honestly, when I call people sluts at this point, I'm not, I, I'm not even being like, oh, you're, you're, you're easy. You're a whore or whatever. I'm like, you're a whore in a completely non-sexual way. Like, I don't care what you do with your body. Like if I call you a whore, it's because I either I'm telling you how much I love you or yeah. like it's something yeah. else, right? But like, there's, yeah, a, I, there's a major book on polyamory called The Ethical Slut. Yes, and there I feel is. Like it's been mainstreamed at this point. Oh, it's incredibly mainstreamed. It's it's like <laughs> if I if I have like one more people like look, you do well, you. And- it's always just the ugliest people who want to tell you about their polycule. And I'm like, I don't want to imagine <laughs> any of you fucking. You know, like I, I'm happy for all of you, but I don't want to. Yeah. I have heard I have heard gay men use the term slut about other gay men quite a bit. Um, like it doesn't seem to have the um, kind of like you. If you say if a man says it about a woman, oh yeah, no, then then man. that's very derisive. Absolutely, yeah. but but a man saying it about another man or like two girls saying it to each other in a more like playful way, I don't feel like it has the same. It doesn't stigma around I mean it, it. can anyway like, to be clear like some women calling other women like sluts and whores like can be very like very or, you know yeah. but but again I was gonna say like at least for me and I and and I don't usually use the word slut unless I'm with people who I know will understand my meaning of it because again the the connotations are still what they are but again this is why I like you calling it slutty SEO is that that my <laughs> my, my personal definition is now completely removed from like the the, the sexual shaming aspect of it right yeah, like, same. like like yep, if I call same. a woman like again if I call somebody a slut it is either because I'm like what's up slut like lovingly or yeah. it is just to be like oh you fucking suck um but I don't really <laughs> care what your sexual proclivities yeah. are right like I'm not yep. making the judgment in that way I'm I'm like calling you a whore but like like I said like I, I repeating what i said yeah. now but um <laughs> but at the same time like if if another woman were to call me that like in some cases you do know that they mean it like in a oh i'm sexually shaming you way which you know okay but that that i understand like the hesitancy there but yeah you call it scummy seo slutty seo though i like that i like that all right i have we are we are at 50 minutes mm-hmm. and i know we talked about trying to do an hour-long episode I want to talk about dimspire.me, but if we want to jump straight into gratitude, I'm game. No, do it. Yeah, let's okay. talk about it. So I, I have for a couple of years been publishing hashtag dimspirations, which were inspired by inspirational posters, but not um, thinkdespair.com kind of stuff. And I'm not the only person out there doing this, but I've had a lot of fun putting my darkest thoughts into meme format. <laughs> um, I recently released after a sleepless night, um, I released dimspire.me and, uh, or dimspire me as, as you would say it in a sentence. Um, <laughs> I love it. uh, and, and it has 
most of the demspirations I've done over the last couple of years, and I've started updating regularly. And today I fixed the RSS feed. So now, now you can subscribe via RSS or email. Um, and I, and it's the, the open graph tags are set up such that you can share a URL from any demspiration and it'll put the preview image in like your tweet or your Mastodon post or your Facebook post. Um, so I'm hoping to like get some legs out of this because eventually, eventually I would like to merchandise it. I don't plan to ever paywall the online version, but I think if I took my best my best 12 and made a calendar, I mm-hmm. think I could do okay with uh, it. It'd be a good calendar. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, a good uh, site to make too. I like uh you have my undivided attention, but even if it if you divided it, it's still zero. It's math. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, I had a lot of fun. I the whole thing is automated uh tremendously. Like I have uh an affinity photo template with a bunch of guides in it. And I make sure the background covers the whole thing. And then all the text is within a s- certain square. And then I save that in RetroBatch automatically outputs the square version for Instagram and the website plus wallpaper versions and an iPhone wallpaper version. It zips it all up, creates a manifest for it, puts it on the website. I could run a single rake task and it'll add all of the new posts and the manifest, and then I can just add a pithy description have to you written, have you written the page. This up? No, I haven't. I like I posted I I posted on the blog about the launch, right? Um, no, but but, you but should, not about the automations. Write a thing about the automations because especially like whatever like your like your your if you're using GitHub Actions or any of those setups or whatnot because I think that's no, really interesting. It's all local. It's all it's all local and very Mac centric, but which is it fine. But I could think, still be interesting. I think yeah. it could be interesting to people because I could see how that could be like you could turn that into a CI/CD thing. Um, but um, even putting that aside, I would love to just read about how you've automated this. <laughs> all right. I, I just want to say one that makes me laugh is you have one that says "Know Your Body," and then it's like the map of a body and the uh, the head. Uh, it says bad decisions, the shoulders inaction, the chest unavoidable reality, and everything from there down just is water. That's a good bit. <laughs> That's a really good bit. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few good ones over the years. And then I awesome. got political. Like every when I get really tired, they come out like like anti gun violence and yeah. anti anti-genocide and what an asshole i know well and then i then i get flack they're like i wish you'd keep your politics out of this and i'm like is it really political to be like anti-kids dying or anti-genocide like are these really like politically divisive issues i don't know apparently anti-semitic to me anti-genocide let's stop there (laughs) next topic yep we don't want to get political no, well, uh, actually, it's funny because somebody did have a topic here, which was should tech personalities express political yeah. views? That was, that was which bad. is related to this. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I think it just started because there are some issues. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you, I will not talk publicly uh, about uh, the topic that you were just alluding to. Like, I'm not getting, I, I'm I'm not going to say a fucking thing about that See, on any of my channels. I, I like, will on Facebook. I'm I'm more quiet about it where I have a bigger following like Twitter or even Mastodon. Um, I'm not as in your face about my beliefs on the topic, um, but I won't shy away from it. And honestly, if I had if I had as many followers as you do, Christina, I would probably be a lot more shy 
about sharing my political beliefs. But Christina's like, I just want to keep my DMs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, I do just want to keep my DMs, but it's also, it's beyond that. But no, I get what you're saying. For me, though, it's just like, there's like, well, there's like, so issues, on, but they're on so Brett com, I won't, I won't get political. Right. Um, on my personal Twitter account. Sure. I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. No, I if think I were re- like on my account for Oracle, uh, no politics, like that's not even an option. But I don't think that I think if you follow a tech personality or any public personality, if you follow their personal account, you should expect to get to know them as a person. Oh, I fully agree. And and I'm completely okay with people making whatever decision they want to make about how what they want to share or don't want to share, especially on their personal sure. accounts. And and I've I don't shy away from sharing some of my personal thoughts clearly, right? Like I've kind of like that's been like part of my success, I think, is being authentic and whatnot. That said, there are some things that I'm just like, I know that nothing good is going to come from me personally speaking out about something, especially because I can't do anything to solve anything. Like I can't actually make any difference. Right. So my personal reason for not speaking out has nothing to do with like thinking, Oh, you know, people shouldn't do it or whatnot. Cause no, I mean, I, I, people should do whatever they are comfortable with. I'm just like, there's some political topics that I feel like, and I'll just like, just be completely honest about it. There are some instances where it's easier because the stakes are lower because everybody's kind of on the same page. And then there are some where, honestly, the situation is so complicated and so complex and nuance mm, is not one or the that, other. It's usually not both. And, 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 and people. But I won't get into that argument. Right. Right. But, but, but it's like, you know, but like it's it's like such a complicated, complex thing. And then because there's no ability to have any sort of nuanced discussion, I'm just like, you know what? I'm not I'm not going to participate. Like I'm not opposed to anybody else. And I might interact with some people's you know, uh, statements or whatever that, that I, I feel like I can kind of, you know, get behind, but like my own stuff don't, don't need to have those conversations like publicly personally, but I respect everybody else who wants to do that. I, I get like, I do research. I do my own research, but no, but I'll like, I'll, I'll do like <laughs> legitimate, legitimate research. If a topic like if I can't understand where people are coming from on a topic, I will research and I will try to understand like where, where a contradicting argument or a viewpoint is coming from. And sometimes I find that argument so unpersuasive, dissuasive that I can't keep my mouth shut. It just comes spilling out. And I, especially when I'm tired like I do not check way. myself well when I'm tired. I'm I'm the um, same way. I'm the same way, but it's weird. It's like the the one thing because I've had some people who have like kind of like yelled at me like, "Why aren't you saying anything about you know what's happening in Gaza?" And I'm like, "Because I'm not going to, like, because I'm not going to. Like that's just for my own mental health. Frankly, I will be I will completely own that I'm being selfish here, and I'm like I'm actually this is a case where I'm prioritizing." my own like mental health to not get involved doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention. Doesn't mean I don't have opinions. Um, but this is not a thing that I actually, for me right now need to comment on in any way, shape or form. And frankly, you don't need to hear my opinion. Like you don't need to care about it. You don't need to hear it. It doesn't matter to anyone. Um, having said that, like I, I completely, uh, you know, support anybody else's right to, to speak out and, and go for it. I'm just saying like, it's a fucking brutal context and, and, and it's just, brutal i don't it's not i'm not getting us deep into that yeah. into the issue of israel palestine but i will say that like it's it's been easier for me in life because i've i've have 
personal experiences there and connections there. And that's just known. Um, uh, You know, I've watched mass graves get filled with Palestinian bodies. um, And, and, but putting that aside, like, um, I think that it is fucking impossible for me to receive the kind of feedback or to have the kind of conversation that is so just fucked. And the reason it's hard is I think that the arguments people have, this isn't about which side. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess it probably always is in some way, and that's the problem. But the the arguments people have, I think, in the way they have them get them further and further away from the actual suffering and pain and yes. horrors and 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 murderous violence and that is impacting people well, I have so much to minute. say but i'm gonna stop no same yeah. i mean the only, same and the only thing i'll say is i agree with you is there's it's just it's i think that so much of because it is literally on the whole issue is is such a um you know like theological and ideological just fundamental disagreement that will not be solved that by because people do wind up having to go into sometimes two camps, like we do lose sight of the fact of like the the the, the death and and the, and the you know the just the horrors of humanity that are happening. And like to me, like that's the real like focus. But you can't have just that conversation because you cannot. Unfortunately, it is impossible to disentangle it from the other aspect. Say, if you say the word genocide right now, in uh, completely out of context. You just say the word genocide, you start a political conversation. Um, people well, yeah. get very irate. It, I mean, the U.S. has funded genocides throughout its history. Of course, we have. Uh, like this is not. It's not a. It's not a crazy conspiracy statement to say that the U.S. funds genocide. And you don't have to be talking about a specific genocide to say maybe genocide is bad. Maybe we shouldn't do that. No, I agreed. And and no, absolutely. The U.S. has, has funded, you know, genocide. I mean, like our previous support, like Jeff, the reason that we had sanctions in Iraq to begin with is ironically because we helped aid the genocide by right. Saddam Hussein against, you know, his own the Kurds citizens. and the Kurds. And, exactly. And, uh, yeah, yes. Right, um, right. And not, not to mention like a, like, like our, our support, you know, of certain, you know, South American regimes and, 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 and people like Pol Pot, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, of history where the U S is 100% done that. And you're completely correct. This particular situation though, because it is such a, like a longstanding thing and you're not, but, but I, I would say, I would actually say this. Only 1948. Damn. I can't help. We're getting, we've got to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We, we should not we that should long. Stop. No, should but stop. no, but 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 I was just gonna say like no, no, but but I'm just saying like to to just to close on this like genocide is a political topic like it it's not like it's, it's not fundamentally it's, it's yeah, fundamentally yeah. about politics. I mean that's really what it is. So sure, but but as non politicians, is there anyone who's pro genocide? I think yes. Okay, that yeah. scares me. The fact, the fact that Absolutely the fact that, that might. I be mean, true. look. This the, I'll just say this isn't even about the Israel Palestine. I would say that, like, if you think about Rwanda, you think about what happened mm-hmm. in, in, in the former Yugoslavia. Like, yes, it's politicians yes. that that gin it up. It's the people who do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's that's, that's super. Fair hard to no, think about, you think about they're, they're nazi op- germany fucks me up because my people yeah. are all german and like i was gonna say people did it right wow and there are many instances of that where there are people who go and it, and it is it's the governments who gen it up you're exactly right but it's the people who do it and it's the people who do believe that there are some people who don't have the right to exist and are completely and content with that then there's all the people who said i didn't realize how bad it was like you talk to people that were regular democratic german citizens at the in yeah. 1940 
that they didn't realize how bad what was going on was and they didn't feel the need to take a stance. Not that like it would have made a difference at the time. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to attempt to button this up by laughing at something yeah. I just said, okay. which is Nazi Germany really fucks me up. <laughs> um, I just want to like, it, it's like, oh, really? Oh, wow. That guy's oh, really, God. that guy's yeah, we got, wound. we got, we got way off track here. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. No, no I okay. appreciate um, it. I, 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 this, this is great. Um, all right. Gratitude or what? Gratitude or what? Gratitude or bust. Love it. <laughs> um, okay. Who's going first? You are. Oh, okay, great. Um, so <laughs> I I opened Mars Edit for the first time in uh, probably since the second Bush administration. Um, <laughs> and I opened it because I realized, oh, you know what? Well, I just wanted to see it. It's on setup. We all love setup. And I, Mars Edit is so good. The great thing about setup is it allows me to just, there's a lot of apps there that have just been gloriously in production and, and improving for decades that are at setup. So I can open them and be like, look at you. Um, you're all grown up. And uh, the the fun I had with Mars Edit was a couple of things. I actually really enjoy creating Mastodon posts in Mars Edit, which you can do. Um, I don't like making Mastodon posts in Mastodon, um, even though I used ivory, which is, which is great. Uh, you know, tweet bots, uh, X bots, uh, RIP, um, but I, uh, the reason I'm actually bringing up Mars edit, which I, I will just say is delightful is it helped me to archive my many, many Tumblr blocks. Oh, nice. Uh, every once in a while, I'm like, I should go out and just make a list of all the, the <laughs> fucking ghosts I have out there. And so I was able to archive. I mean, I have Tumblr blocks where there's like three posts, right? No, same. Like, oh, this is a great idea. How, how do you do this with, um, with Mars edit? You just log in with, um, your Tumblr you can name? Just, yeah. You can log in with Tumblr and it just sucks in all the posts, yep. um, uh, which is really great. And, 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 and including. And the for all your various WordPress sites as well. And the WordPress sites. Yep, for sure. For sure. And and somehow you can still at least import your Blogspot sites, which I, I haven't. It's a little more. It's a little trickier. They don't. The Blogspot API or the Blogger API went away in terms of being able to post right. from Mars Edit. But it seems like you can still import from there. And I need to do that because I have a lot of those, too. I used to like just spray blogs indiscriminately into the crowd. Same. It's just like but that was probably early bipolar and and, and also ADHD stuff. I, I, like, I, I, I have an idea. It now must be real. The undiagnosed years. Sure. I was yeah. going to say, I think that it's like, it, it's, it's both Tumblr uh, or not sorry, Tumblr. It's, it's both ADHD and like, like tech um, early adopter thing. Right. Cause I think that yes. I know so many tech people who as many of them aren't even ADHD who are just like, Oh, I have an idea. I want to start a blog because we always have this itch. Like it's the easiest thing to do is to spin yeah. up another website or another blog. Yes. And, uh, With and a I, really funny name. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, it's insane to think about the days before you could do that. Ugh. Like, what did people like us, when we had an idea, what did we do? Like, we told maybe we made a zine, but mostly we just told our friends. And suddenly, like, people our age suddenly had this we could we can spin up a Tumblr. We can spin yeah. up a blogger site. We, we can a, we, we can share this we have, with the we whole world. Cities. Yeah, we have the It was such yeah. a glorious time, and this is the second episode I think in a row that we talked about Tumblr. Um, it was such a glorious time, and I'm so glad I had those Tumblrs because they're like little journals, and even the ones that were um, just three posts. Now, what's nice about having the Mars added is there, there's everything, right? It's all there, and and that's really nice. And so even if it had three posts, it's now alongside ten other tumblers that had you know six to 40 posts each um my proudest 
blog title, and this one's dead, was Skinny Notebook Full of Code, which was when I first started coding as a journalist. And I was like, I have a skinny notebook full of code. And I thought that was a great name. Anyway. Oh, that didn't what, That's a good one. On the show notes, wasn't your pick originally uh, Jupiter Notebooks? Jupiter Labs. Jupiter Labs. So, okay, we're going to talk about that in the future, yeah. I hope. Yeah, I feel like that is exactly the kind of coding you did in journalism. I moved. Yeah, I moved this down uh, in place of it because I had it as a topic because I want to talk about mm. it on my tumblers. So I snuck yeah. it in and gratitude. <laughs> I would like to, uh, two two points I'll add to the Mars Edit discussion. I recently gave away Mars Edit uh, a, few, a few copies on com. There will be a link in the show notes for the upcoming giveaways. And this week is Black Ink from Daniel Jalcut, who also made uh mars edit nice black ink is a great and fast uh, scripts uh yeah um it's i think i already did the fast script you did yeah. uh black ink is a great crossword puzzle like if you want to best if you want to solve oh, i need to try it really i can good. finish a crossword puzzle five times faster using black ink than i can even using like an online version where you have to type why up, like, why is I, it faster keyboard shortcuts man oh like you can just you can just flip through the whole thing and you see a clue and you get a couple cross letters thanks for not saying key chords switch 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 your orientation type out the word you think it is it's a great app i will try it it's also it's like i love i i pay for the like um well it's like i guess it's part of a new york times subscription or whatever but you know you get the games and whatnot and and that stuff wednesday yeah and so like I like their app a lot. Like I think that their iOS. Yeah. I'll do the, app I'll is do great. the mini. I'll app. do the mini on the iOS. Oh, totally. App. If I'm going to do the actual crossword, Black Ink is the way. To no, go. I was going to say, but I really enjoy being able to like have it on my Mac. Like it's it's a really great yeah. app. Uh, but That's yeah, cool. um, yeah. So shout out to to Jake because he's he's the best. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, my, my favorite Tumblr, incidentally, is because uh, I had a, a whole bunch of them too. Um, fuck yeah, corrections.tumblr.com. The fuck yeah, it's the whole fuck yeah idea. So good. Uh, was so great. Fuck yeah, corrections. Okay, is this still up? Yeah, it is. And so the the, the impetus was that, uh, do you remember Alex from Target? He was like this this kid who was like cute. Yeah. Who somebody like did meme on. This was 10 years ago now. New York Times wrote about it. And because it's the New York Times, somebody <laughs> on Twitter had had a meme showing Kel from, from, from Good Burger. And this is the correction, November 10th, 2014. An article on Thursday about the latest internet sensation of, quote, Alex from Target, end quote, a picture of a teenager bagging merchandise at the retailer that went viral online, described incorrectly a subsequent internet posting of, quote, Kel from uh, Good Burger, end quote. It was a frame from the 1997 film Good Burger starring actor Kel Mitchell. It was not a photograph of a teenager in a job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I like so Christina's always asking us we if we've heard of you know fads viral uh, topics memes and Jeff and I are always like no but you bring up Alex from Target and we're I like mean, oh yeah you were like yeah because that yeah. was like Halcyon days like it, it was so good but <laughs> well it's like uh, how the only sports team I could talk about is the 1987 Twins like it's it's a thing. <laughs> Related no, to my AARP conversation, which I'll save for next week. The, the, <laughs> Sorry, the, Christina. I was going to say, the, the, there's another funny one, too. An article last Sunday about Bradley Cooper, who is starring in the Broadway one. revival of The Elephant Man, referred incorrectly to the London address where Joseph Carey Merrick, the real Elephant Man, exhibited himself. The address is now a sorry store. It is not, our sincerest apologies, a sorry store. 
<laughs> that reminds me of something I'll say briefly, which is I was recently talking to a friend who works at a, a, a news organization for which you would be disappointed to learn what I'm about to tell you, which is that they're in the process of unionizing. And one of the things they hope to get out of being a union is fact checkers. And let me tell you, yeah, <laughs> if you knew what this organization was, which one day you will, it would be very disappointing. <laughs> this was one of my favorites because I didn't have a lot of posts on this Tumblr. It was just it was one that I started in 2014 and then forgot about promptly. Um, the AP deleted a tweet that incorrectly referred to Lauren Conrad as Lauren Hill. A corrected That's tweet right. will be published shortly because <laughs> they're like, oh, Lauren from the hills is Lauren. I mean, it's just it's so good. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. All right, Christina, what you got? All right. So this is one that I've talked about before, but a new version just came out. So I'm going to give it a shout out again. So this is FFWorks, which is um, a great FFmpeg uh, front end um, for macOS. It's at ffworks.info. And it is, or actually, that's not is correct. It .net? It's .net. That is correct. Yes, it's ffworks.net. My bad. My apologies. Um, but FFWorks 4 just came out. Um, and I don't remember what the upgrade price was, although it was, it was fairly low. I think that it's, it's still like 22 pounds, I think for the full version. Um, and oh, how many meters away from, from your wallet are you? I mean, I well, because, because he, he sells it or he sells it in euros or he sells it in pounds. And so, got it. so you've got, got to buy it like that way. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's 22 euros. I understand. So, so, uh, cause I think he's German. So what, whatever, um, the, Opens uh, up solver. Hello. Yeah. Gratitude. So, uh, exactly. So, oh, okay. So it's 14, uh, it's 14 euros to upgrade and then it's 22 for the, for the new thing. Um, and this is just a, a great which app, is, which is 23.82 us dollars. Oh, Hey, great. DuckDuckGo. Okay. Well, that's fantastic because that means that the, the dollar is either the exchange rate is great. Yeah. I was going to say the exchange rate is actually good now. Uh, cause before that'd be like, Oh, okay. So that's 30 bucks it was or like, something. It was like 1.5, not too long. Ago. It was exactly. So I'm like, okay, good. So what's great about this is that if, um, it's, uh, like, you know, we've talked about FFmpeg before. Um, it is one of those tools that I use all the time for so many different things. Um, and, and it's great if you need, many times you do need to like re-encode media into different formats and whatnot. Um, but the problem with FFmpeg is that even with ChatGPT, like <laughs> writing even scripts, with even with ChatGPT, remembering what to fucking do with it is a yes. nightmare. It's like the most useful application of all time. And it's actually well-designed. I'm not even going to lie and be like, oh, it's not like a, a well-designed syntax or whatever. It's just got so many fucking options that so who can many. keep track of them? It's like image magic, right? Like these are these amazing well, utilities. And a lot and a lot of the options you don't know, know about, right? Like you're not so well versed in video formats that you would understand what the option will actually do to the end video. So a GUI is so nice for that. It is. And yeah. what's what I like about this GUI is that it is, in my opinion, like the perfect kind of mix because there are there there are two ways I think you could go about doing this you could, that could be successful. Uh, there's, there's a third way, which would be the Linux way, which we'll talk about. I, I, I could, you know, talk about at length, which would be a the bad way, but the two ways you could do this successfully to like make a, a GUI of an FFmpeg thing would be to either a have a very simple drag and drop process where you'd then permute. have like, like permute. Yeah. Where you just have like a very like easy kind of slider and it's just telling you what to do, but you really can't go that advanced and you can't, you know, go beyond kind of what, what a lot of things you could do in quick time back in the day. Right. Or you can do what FF works does, which is give you all those options. Um, 
it hides them to a certain extent. So you have to kind of go looking if you want to do more with it. And, and you do need to kind of, it's not going to be the most intuitive thing to be able to figure out, oh, I can do all these things. But it definitely does service all your options. But what I appreciated about it is that unlike if this were a, 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 a Linux desktop app, this would literally just be every single option in, um, available in FFmpeg as like a checkbox or a slider, but with no <laughs> understanding of what any of that means and like not well organized. Like it would just be a, a, a disaster. Um, this is actually- You're going to talk about Linux that. and Israel-Palestine in the same episode? <laughs> I mean, look, what, look wow. You're... <laughs> 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 I, I I feel suitably owned. Um, that's <laughs> that's fucking perfect. But that's so good. But yeah, no. I know but they're different. Are they? Are they? Um, so but different. So different. Yeah. Don't they both date back to, back to but, like nineteen forty? But they both. Yeah. Exactly. Oh oh. But they have similar characteristics in the rhetorical space. Uh, yeah, more than so. Yeah. So, but I was just gonna say, but I really enjoy. I appreciate this like application so much because I do like that it treats you like an adult and that you can, you can make it really easy. Like you can set up a, a droplet, to just make it really easy to auto convert stuff. But if you do need to, the reason that someone would want to use this app over permute is because you do need to use this more advanced parts of FFmpeg, but you don't yeah. want to fuck with it. So honestly for $23, highly recommended. Um, and uh, it gets very frequent updates and uh works with like you know 4k and 5k footage and stuff so it's it's really good very awesome. nice how many rubles is it going to set me back <laughs> oh check duck duck go i bet it would do that conversion for you <laughs> i just downloaded it i had i had actually forgotten about this and i uh, and i think it's great what is what is 22 euros and rupees that's what i want to know mm. um so my pick is i so I spent my morning um, creating the RSS feed for dimspire.me, um, which ended up being a very manual process, which I then ported to FeedPress and made like you can do an email subscription and everything. But as I was testing it, I opened up my trusty RSS app, which lately has been Reader, R-E-E-D-E-R. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are a ton, like net newswire and readkit and there are so many good rss apps for mac but i i keep coming back to reader i love the single uh single key keyboard shortcuts i love some of the niceties of the interface i love bionic reading which will like what is that it 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 re-highlights it bolds certain letters in each word so do you know, have you ever seen the font um, uh, uh, open dyslexic? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. And it it creates like kind of a, a magnet for your eyes. So you can scan a line and pick it up maybe maybe 50% faster than you would reading just plain text. Um, it really helps with speed reading. It's kind of cool. Um, awesome. Uh, Reader also has like iCloud Sync. If you don't feel like using, it works with Feedbin and all of the other various services that replaced FeedBurner, you know, back from the day, um, which which I'm grateful for. But uh, Reader has iCloud subscri- subscription sync, uh, so you can get uh, your syncs your your feeds synced across your devices without having to use a third party service. Personally, I use Feedbin. I love it. I think it's great. But uh, but 
you have options. So nice. um, that's my that's my that's my graptitude. Awesome. And 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 you still use Feedbreast uh, to manage uh, your RSS feeds. Um, like, is there and that's like ten dollars a month or something, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but it, that's for unlimited feeds. So I have feeds for multiple sites. Okay. And and I I do pay like you could. There's a free version that you don't get like email subscription and you can't do podcasts and stuff like that. Um, but if you want to, if you want basically unlimited feeds and uh, the ability to embed audio and have e- email subscriptions and all of that. Yeah. It's like 10 bucks a month, but yeah, I have, I have enough, I have enough feeds to justify that. No, I mean, I think that makes sense. I was just, uh, uh, I, um, yeah. Cause like, cause at this point, like feed burner is, I think it just only, I think it's, ju- gone. I think it's, it's basically gone. I mean, I think that like it, it, it exists only in so far, like they've gotten rid of almost every single feature. So, which is a shame because like that was free for so long. Um, yeah. and well, and, so is Google reader. And oh, I know. Are, I know where we are now, but like, it, it, but, but like it's, but like, feed burner seems dumb. Cause just, it's just like, okay, it's just like a front end thing. Like for, you know, it's generating yeah. like RSS files, like you're hosting them yourself. You know what I mean? Like Feed, I, I love FeedPress partly because much like Pinboard, it's kind of a low maintenance yeah, business. It is. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. It's an Italian name, but um Maxime? Or was that anyway, like like he's making ten bucks a month off of all these people who are just forwarding forwarding the RSS feeds they're already creating. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Through something that offers analytics to basically a PHP script. Right. And, and that's a, like, I, I'm happy to pay it, but also I, I could stand to have like a, a passive income like that. that right. Required probably very little actual like customer service or anything. Oh, I'm sure there, there's almost none. And, and honestly, like, I'm not mad at him at all. Like I'm happy for him no, for it. No, I think my, my whole like issue with it is I'm like, why should I pay $10 a month for this? <laughs> I know that like that, it, that if you have enough sites, like it is actually going to be like, well, like it's more... stats. It's stats. Well, well, if no, you, if you want, and I get if that you want statistics, you need it. No, and I get that. I'm just saying like, when you know how little it is, there's like the part of my mind, which is broken, which goes to, well, why don't I just spend that $10 a month there you go. On, 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 on a <laughs> VPS server where I'm hosting yeah, this yeah. myself and doing all this myself? Yeah. Why am I paying someone yeah. else for it? And then of course I realized, well, I, you don't want to fucking maintain that Christina, like right? shut up. Exactly. And I exactly. get that. And, and, and that's why he can have this passive income, but I'm saying the part of my brain that's broken is that I'm like. And, and sorry to, to if I, to if I put reader. eight hours of coding into this, I could do it for basically free. Right. That that's yeah, exactly I have, it. I have that same part of my brain. You're not alone. So so <laughs> I'm but 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 I'm happy for him that like it's still um uh, there and um uh, also happy. I haven't used Reader in a while. I didn't. I I honestly I didn't know Reader was still being updated. So I didn't either. Yeah, that's great. It is. Yeah, they came out with a new, I think it was this year, maybe last year, they came out with a whole like major version bump. Um, honestly, Net Newswire kind of stole the show. Yeah. Um, and and it's a great app. Uh, it doesn't, it, there are some things about Reader that I miss when I use Net Newswire, uh, but Net Newswire is free and it's a solid app and it's really good to see it come back after, like how long did it go unmaintained? Like 10 years? A long time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is that Brent Simmons now? Yeah, it's Brent Simmons. Well, he was originally, and then he um, oh, yeah, sold yeah. it to NetGator. Um, yeah, right. He did it. And then, <laughs> and then he, got it back. And then he got it back. Yeah, he was able to get it back, and then he decided to make it open source, which I think is really remarkable and amazing. Yeah. Um, and and at this point, I think that's what I use, or I just use, like, honestly, Feedbin's website has been good enough for me. Um, ReadKit Read Kit was really good. I really did like it. buggy for me. Yeah. Um, like, I, it started hanging and crashing and like that was a few operating systems ago and maybe it's fine now um because it had a lot of cool features um that made it worth the price for me at the time but anyhow hey we did it in an hour and 22 minutes hey, not that's bad. great like no edits no edits. i'm not gonna edit i'm not gonna edit anything we said what we said we said we're gonna we said. we're gonna leave it all in all right then i guess I hope you get more sleep tonight. Yeah, for I real. Too. Get some sleep. Yeah, some get sleep. some sleep, everyone. For real. The system is going down low.